is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Danny Sarek, and Kyle Yeomans. It's another edition of Talking Cowboys here on this Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us from our respective SWBC Mortgage Studios. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and the great Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion, as we bring you the recent storylines and talk through this Dallas Cowboys offseason. Heckma, you got a big smile on your face. You, you, you have a good Mother's Day weekend. Why are you laughing? I don't even want to know. Is, is that it? Is it going to be a laugh? Is that what you're going with here? Kyle, man, listen, I, I wasn't ready for the before and after picture of a child star, but that's what you look like right now. <laughs> a child star? Uh, you look like Macaulay Culkin after the fame. <laughs> post, post Home Alone, Macaulay. <laughs> Oh, oh God! And Kyle, Kyle, I'm good with it, man. I, I'm, okay, I'm I like it's it's been like eight weeks of quarantine. I've got like a mullet working back here. Like it's business in you the just, front, and it's like you just can't see it. <laughs> I gotta do something myself. So, hey Kyle, Kyle, I'm actually disappointed, man. I thought you were gonna come to the dark side with the dress, man. But you know, I, I like. To- <laughs> I I don't know if I could have even. I don't think it was long enough. First off, to even try that, and second off, I probably would have gotten. Maybe one of those sit-down talks from either my bosses or my family saying, "You got to look at your life <laughs> don't choices do it. here. Yeah, yeah you got to have it. the intervention." So yeah, that that's fair. Now Isaiah, you called me Forrest Gump off the air, and I I, I don't know if it's Justin Bieber or Forrest hey, Gump better. I, I don't know. I don't, it looked like you was ready to run somewhere, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just going well, with what I see. You know, I'm just going well, with he just he just well, happens to be actually right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you exactly. trying to get more aerodynamic? Tell everybody what you're doing tomorrow, Kyle. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get it all slimmed down so that tomorrow's right. half marathon for CeeDee Lamb is much more enjoyable, I guess. If a half marathon now, can be enjoyable. No, tell them why you are doing the half mile. You don't just, no, don't just yeah, glaze over that, bro. You lost yeah, the bet so, with yourself, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It was a tweet. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, on Twitter, well before the draft, about a month before the draft, I tweeted, or somebody asked me a question and was at, is was asking if it's possible that CeeDee Lamb falls to the Cowboys. I love CeeDee Lamb, and the fact that he even fell down that far was so far-fetched to me that I said if he does fall to 17 and the Cowboys select him, I'll run to the star and back from my apartment in Little Elm. Well, that's what I'm doing tomorrow, which just so happens to be about 13.4 miles. So I'm getting started right around 10 o'clock, and I'm going to head down. Uh, head down. It's actually downhill there, but it's uphill back, which is probably oh, the worst-case scenario. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm not a runner, so that's what makes this thing tough. Uh, for all of you runners out there, I respect you more than ever now that I'm having to try and do this and not – uh, hurt myself is pretty much the hey, biggest Kyle, I'm, thing. Kyle, I'm going to do you like I do my wife because every year she runs a New York City marathon. 
Uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take mental reps with you the entire time. So. <laughs> nice, I like that. <laughs> the quality mental reps, I like that. I said, <laughs> and I, I got there, a tweet. We're there in spirit, Kyle. We're there in spirit. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, David Hellman said the same thing yesterday. He quote tweeted my what I said was, "Oh, I'm doing it to, on Wednesday," and he quote tweeted it and said, "I'm here for this." And so I said, "Are you running it with me?" And he just said, "No, I'm not running no. it with you." <laughs> He's like, yeah. "No, you're crazy. I'm not running it with you at all." But uh, enough about the haircut and a half marathon for betting or losing a bet against myself. Some recent storylines around the Dallas Cowboys uh, over the past week. Of course, the schedule was released on Thursday, and the Cowboys open up against the Los Angeles Rams. They'll open up that beautiful billion-dollar stadium at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles as they take on the Rams Thanksgiving against the Washington Redskins, which seems to be familiar territory ten times it's the 10th time that those two teams will meet on that holiday. But we've kind of looked through the schedule. Everybody's done their predictions, win-loss, win-loss, all the way through. And that's kind of the, the go-to when you see a schedule. But I, I want to take a different angle at the schedule release and kind of look deeper into what it could bring once we get past Thanksgiving and get into the meat of that, that playoff hunt run. Because it seems like over yeah. the last couple of years – it has come down to a game either in Philly or uh, New York. It, it doesn't matter. It, it comes down to a big-time game later on. So let's look at some of the, the NFC East stretch. Now, I mentioned after Thanksgiving. So they play Washington Week 12, Thanksgiving, and then you turn around and you go to Baltimore a Thursday after that on the road, Thursday night football against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Then you're at the Bengals. So back-to-back cold-weather games, Baltimore-Cincinnati on the road in open weather stadiums in December. Then you return home, take on the 49ers and the Eagles before you close out on the road against the Giants. And that's actually a January game on the road at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. So just initial thoughts, guys, on the the stretch run for the Cowboys and what it could mean to them whenever they're trying to get that NFC East crown back from those Eagles. Well, I mean, it looks tough on paper, that, that final stretch, but it, it always does. I, mean, I swear every year it's like I, I go to December right away because they always put, and it's not just the Cowboys, they put the vision games in that final month to make the race meaningful. Uh, but then when you look at this season, too, you're talking about the two best records in the league, basically, throwing the Saints, too, in Baltimore and the 49ers. So, But, again, it's, it's on paper, and – and you really can't look at last year's records and say, well, it's a tough schedule for sure. Because look, last December, the Rams came to town and we saw that schedule back in April and said, oh, that's a, that's a monster matchup. They, they're gonna lose that one potentially. And they won by 33 at home. So you just, you never know, you might have a game like that and you're probably gonna have a Jets game in there somewhere too. It's just, it's, it's really impossible to tell. It doesn't make it any less fun to talk about though. Yeah, I absolutely love the schedule. Uh, when I saw it come out, and, and, and I thought it was pretty weird uh, for the folks that were saying that we had the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And I know that's based off of last year's wins and losses, but it's very interesting. At the From the beginning, the rubber meets the road for the Cowboys. When you talk about the Rams at home, uh, Atlanta, 
and AT&T Stadium and then out to Seattle. Those are teams that when you look at the end of the season, teams that are in the hunt for a wild card or a division, they're always there. So, like I said, the rubber meets the road immediately. I know I went to December as well, Rob, to look at that little stretch that I'm sure we're going to get into it. But, man, the Cowboys have a very diverse schedule, and they're going to be able to play a lot of different schemes and some really tough teams. Absolutely. I agree with both of you guys. And I hear what people are saying about the easiest schedule, but I don't like it. I do not like this schedule. Uh, for, the, for the boys, especially kicking off in that brand new stadium uh, with those Rams. They had a disappointing year, obviously. Um, I think those boys are going to come out smoking. Uh, I don't like us uh, against Atlanta. I'm glad we're home against Atlanta, so that's, that's beneficial. And then obviously everybody, everybody knows about Seattle. So I feel like it's like, you know, you know high week, you know, where we have really confidence, uh, high confidence, and then you drop down, it's like, oh, crap, we got to face these dudes. And I think we're going to be tested. I think, I think the whole year is going to be tested. It's really like a roller coaster of a year, uh, especially that last stretch, right? That last stretch is tough. That whole second half of the season is tough. You got Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and whatever Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, so it's like you know, you got to play Baltimore, then you come down, and you got to play Cincinnati, and then you got to go back and play San Francisco, and then you got Philly, you know, New York. So it's we're gonna see exactly what this mental toughness that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. We're gonna see exactly where we stand with that because this schedule is testing for sure. Well, and I think if you look at that that stretch when you talk about. Pittsburgh and then Minnesota. Luckily, there's a bye week in between there because you get a little bit of that that extra rest after you know it's going to be a, a battle against Pittsburgh and you know you're going to travel up north and you're going to take on Minnesota. But uh, whenever you look at those those final five games, let's just say that the fact that you you yeah. finish things off with with Baltimore, San Francisco, two out of those those first three out of the last five rather are playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, when you want to look at it that way, and then you have two divisional opponents to round out the season, what does that do for a team that that doesn't want to look ahead but kind of needs to whenever you, you get into that, Isaiah? Oh, man, yeah, you can't look ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. you, just, you can't do it. I mean, they, they can't afford to do it. I think there's only one stretch that I feel really confident about in terms of us right now, and that's – really, you know, games four, five, six, seven, you know, like the, that stretch right there allows for us to really get our feet up underneath us and get ahead uh, so that we can afford to possibly take some L's uh, along along the road, right? But uh, as you, you're pretending to that last stretch, it's tough, you know, when you have those division games. I mean, that's three in a row. You know, you got you got, you got got three NFC teams in a row that you're going to have to deal with, and, and they're all dogs. You know, Cincinnati, you know, might be in the sense of a, you know, people want to refer to certain things as somewhat of a bye week. Uh, obviously with them coming off of that rough year. But San Francisco, Philly, New York, nothing about that makes you feel comfortable or confident. And as an organization, as a team, you're simply looking at that week because that, that's all that matters. You can't look in the future. If you find yourself looking too far in the future, you're going to lose, lose the current. So um, they, got, they, they have to be ready to roll. You absolutely can't look in the future. They, this team started off 3-0 last year and might have started looking ahead, and it didn't turn out so good for them. But I will say, Kyle, I mean, and we'll probably get into this, if you look at the other teams in the NFC East, the schedules are obviously very similar. You play the same outside divisions, and it's not easy for the Eagles, Redskins, or Giants either down the stretch. So, yeah. like Isaiah said, you got to be able to get your wins early. And there is that stretch there where they've got three straight home games in, in October, and that's, that's huge. You know, the last time they had that was 2018. They won all three with Amari Cooper after they made that big deal yeah. and found themselves winning the division. So uh, you've you got to take advantage of the, the breaks that come your way in the schedule, too. 
Yeah, that's that's a tremendous opportunity for the Cowboys to exact their dominance in the NFL early uh, with those matchups. I mean, just talking about the Cleveland Browns and what they're going to represent on you know on the offense and defensive matchups for the Cowboys. But I look at the matchups in this schedule, the coaching matchups for Coach McCarthy, who's basically hitting the reset button on his career, but he's going up against some guys like McVay, Zimmer, uh, you know, the Tomlins, the Harbaugh's. I mean, there are a bunch of great coaches, and also for Dak in those head-to-head matchups uh, in the season, in the schedule. And so, you know, look, we've been talking about it, and we know that there's going to be a culture change here in Dallas with Mike McCarthy, but it's going to have to start immediately uh, in order for these guys to survive just the, the first quarter uh, of their season. So, like I said, I, I look at this and I look at the fact that, you know, with this COVID-19 and, and Mike McCarthy not being able to put his imprint early on this team, man, this just heightens what two-a-days uh, and those preseason games. And I know that we may be dealing with a, an abbreviated version of the preseason games, but those games are, are important uh, now more than ever. No doubt. Yeah, and and one Go one thing that I don't, I, one thing I don't want to blow by, especially as a as a former player, that bye week and when that bye week occurs is so important. It's oh so yeah, important. this is this is perfect. I mean, yeah. this is the absolute best scenario <laughs> that you could possibly have. Because some teams have their bye week in what week four, you know, yes. week four, week five, and it's like you have another, you know, twelve through twelve, thirteen games to to, to run after that. So. Um, they are, they should be super happy, especially after this stretch that they have to face, um, whether their bye week being dang near smack dab in the middle of the season, which is awesome. Yeah, Detroit and Green Bay have the first bye weeks out of the the NFL, and both of those come in week five. I would not have wanted wow. week five uh, bye week by any means, and I, I feel sorry, honestly, for, for the Lions and for the Packers in that regard. Now, uh, Rob, you kind of alluded it, uh, to it a little bit earlier as you were looking ahead, but the the NFC East down the stretch, the Cowboys might have gotten a better draw down the stretch than some of these other squads, and we'll let you guys decide this. I'm going to read them off really quickly. The Giants have the Seahawks on the road, Cardinals, Browns at home, Ravens on the road, then they close, of course, with the Cowboys. That's their final five games. Philadelphia in their final five at Green Bay versus New Orleans, back-to-back weeks. That's 12, in, or that's 13 and 14. Then you've got at Arizona at Dallas, of course, and then they close out at home against the Washington Redskins, and then at oh, Dallas, I like that. I like that. That's a that's a pretty <laughs> of a schedule for those final five, and then uh, for Washington, it's at Pittsburgh, at San Francisco, home versus the Seahawks, then Carolina at home, and then on the road against Philadelphia. So uh, the Redskins no favors at the end either. But out of those four teams, out of the NFC East. Do the Cowboys actually have maybe the easiest draw out of those four, or is it tough to decide? Uh, Heckman's laughing for a reason. I don't think Philly's draw looks too good. Down the <laughs> no. I, no, I, I mean, the Cowboys isn't great, but every everybody in the division has to play the 49ers and, and the Ravens at some point. And, and right. Mickey Spagnola's got his own podcast now on this network, but <laughs> I used to argue with him all the time. Oh, first place schedule doesn't matter. They all play the same teams. Now Philly's got to play Green Bay and New Orleans. And there's a difference in having to play those two quarterbacks Ooh. and not having to play them. Yes, sir. 
No, that's a that's a tough schedule down the stretch. And, you know, for us, man, it's always been December. Like you said, Rob, when you look at the schedule, you just want to look and see what we have for December because we had that December cloud hanging over our head. It, it looks as though, I mean, even when you look at our schedule, it gets really funky right there towards the end from November 1st all the way to December 27th uh, with the Steelers and, and the Vikings. But, man, the Saints, Green Bay, oh, man, Boo Eagles. absolutely yeah no I mean mean, obviously we can look at the other teams all day long and see what they have to face I mean ultimately you know the Cowboys have a lot that they have to bear this year Um, you know obviously and we've talked about all these things right new coach new regime new offense new defense everything so um, you know as as we always do you want the other teams in your division obviously to, to take the L's uh, especially down the road, um, but like we, you know, these guys got to win some games, man. They got to win them early. Um, they got to win them early, and we hopefully we can get stay healthy too. Isaiah, let me ask you this now: when you look at those matchups, like for for our team versus yeah. those AFC North opponents like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, what is that going to do for us as a team potentially going into the playoffs, coming against those edgy and those tough teams like Baltimore, San Francisco, even? I think it does a great job in terms of preparing you for what you're going to face because playoff football is a whole other level, as we all as we all know, right? So, playoff football levels up about ten times. So, whatever speed you think regular gameplay is, it is literally ten times faster, and every play matters. So, when you're playing these greedy teams, you know these teams that you know they have a lot of these guys that you know that have a little edge to them, right? We talk about the Baltimore, mm-hmm. you talk about Minnesota, yeah. Pittsburgh. You know you're going to be in a dogfight. All three of those teams, right? The AFC's nasty. So you know you're gonna you're gonna be in a dogfight. So it prepares you for that stretch, right? It prepares you for that stretch and what you're gonna endure going forward. Because like we talk about, you know, you got Pittsburgh, Minnesota, all right. Those teams you got to get your mind right. All right, Washington yeah. is, is always a rivalry game, so you know whatever. But then you got Baltimore, right? You got you yeah. got you got to go to Baltimore, right? Yes. It's gonna be cold. Them boot. You got Harbaugh out there. You got the dogs <laughs> out there. Earl cats I play with. I mean, I mean, you have to be 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 serious, right? Be ready to roll. Yeah. And then exactly. you come back, you know, to you know Cincinnati, and then, like I said, we have that last three stretch. So that's going to prepare you, and hopefully, that launches you and that competitive edge going into that final stretch, and then transitioning straight into the playoffs. Now, you know, Isaiah, I, oh, go ahead, go Kyle. It, Rob. Well, just piggybacking on what Isaiah said for a couple weeks now, the whole mental toughness thing that that is so true when you're talking about trying to navigate a schedule because. Just the, the longer I cover this team in the league, when I see the schedule come out every year, I can look at it two ways. I could say, oh, damn, they can win every game on this schedule. <laughs> Jump out the game, do it. That just, <laughs> that, just, that just speaks to the parity in the league. And, yes. and when, you talk, when you talk to people around the team, the biggest thing for them is how to win close games. And yeah. they, did, they did it two years ago. They did not do it last year. And when things weren't going their way, it kind of had a snowball effect at times last year. And I think that speaks to the mental toughness Isaiah talks about. you got to be able to bounce back. And, and that's, if they can find a way to win close games this year, they're going to be just fine. And, but how do they do that? You know, and that, that's going to be the difference. Okay. Uh oh, yeah. We lost we lost Kyle's mic, but you know, I, I think what's also important about this this season is what is gonna be the identity 
of this group, guys. You know, uh, when you talk about and, and Isaiah you, and Rob, you guys know this for sure, that towards the end of every se- every season, a team has an identity. Well, the Cowboys are going to have to have their identity immediately in order to Absolutely. compete and not put themselves behind the eight ball in this schedule because of the good teams that they have on the schedule. Absolutely. Yeah, these guys are going to figure it out. They're going to have to figure it out ASAP, yeah. right? Um, like, you're, like you're pertaining to. So, I mean, right off the bat, you know, this team is going to be tested greater than they ever have been, right? Because of everything that they're already coming into the season with, right? The restricted, you know, pre- preparation, you know, with the COVID-19 stuff. You know, uh, are guys in shape, right? Um, do guys have enough time to absorb this new, this, this new system? You know, all the young guys, can they catch up, right? Can they catch up and, and, and get ready for what's going what's gonna to be expected of them, um, especially some of these, these big-name guys like CD and, and such? Um, and then you go straight to a brand-new stadium, in one of the most populated cities that's gonna, that place is going to be flooded, right? And you got to face freaking Aaron, Aaron Donald and, and golf and company. And, you know, and then, you know, and then it's like, okay, shoot, if I survive that, whew, then I come back home, we're going home, and guess what? Doggone it, we got Matt Ryan coming in, right? So, so I mean, it's, you're, like you said, you're going to be tested. You know, those first three games is going to be like, who, who do we have? Do we have some yeah. dogs in the locker room? You know, we know we got a dog at coach, but do we have some dogs in the locker room? Is this team going to come together? Are we going to use, you know, this COVID-19 stuff as, oh, we didn't have enough time to prepare. They didn't have enough time to, 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 to bond. And hey, hey, <laughs> nobody you, wants to hear it. We got, we got, we got to work. Oh, yeah. We got to get Every team's dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then whenever you get down the stretch, you you have an opportunity to look at some of those other teams that that have gone through some of those those mental obstacles and even physical yeah. too. I mean, you look at Philadelphia. You mentioned it, Rob. They have to play Green Bay this year. They played them last year on the road and beat Green Bay. One of the big reasons why that happened: Devontae Adams was hurt. And, and I, I know there's always that next man up mentality, and there's always the the rollover with injuries and whatnot. And you've got to still win games without injured players, but. Uh, it still plays a factor as to who you are as a football team, and that's something that the Cowboys have looked at in the past. So we've kind of gone through this schedule a little bit. There are some other recent storylines we definitely need to hit up. When we come back, Stephen Jones went on Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk, raised some eyebrows a little bit during his conversation. Could this be a little bit of insight into the Cowboys chess match with the Dak Prescott negotiations? We'll talk about that coming up next here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too right above the subway well i bet you don't even notice it after the that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down based on gws one score september 2019 back to talking cowboys Don't miss your Dallas Cowboys this season at AT&T Stadium. You can go and get your single-game tickets on sale right now. Get your tickets today at DallasCowboys.com. With that schedule, we just went through and talked through here on Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us here on this Tuesday. Hope everybody had a safe and fun Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day, late Mother's Day to all of those oh, out yeah. there. and uh, Guys, uh, we kind of took up that first segment talking about the, the schedule release and, and some of the implications on that NFC East. Some other storylines coming out of this past week. The Cowboys did go out and sign Cam Irving one year, $2.5 million, and then he has an opportunity to earn some incentives up to a quarter million dollars, uh, depending on his play here in 2020. It overtakes maybe Brandon Knight as that swing tackle spot and replaces uh, the departed, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm blanking on a name here. Who was the swing tackle at? Cam Fleming. I'm sorry. I I almost (laughs) said Cam Irving, even though it's Cam (laughs) Fleming that he's replaced. Whatever. Uh, Moving forward as the swing tackle. Best available Cam. Yeah, best available Cam. How about that? Let's just throw that out there. But he was up there blocking for Patrick Mahomes in 2019 with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, And, Rob, what do you feel like this does for that offensive line? Because it gives you a little bit extra depth at the tackle spot, but it also gives you a guy who could play interior offensive line if you don't like the the battle that's going on there. Yeah, versatility's big. I, I think based on what he did last year, though, you said it. Swing tackle is one of the – honestly, coming out of the draft, is one of the, the most glaring needs they had left, potentially. I know they like Brandon Knight, but when you're talking about an offseason that we just talked about, truncated uh, workouts and all that kind of stuff, I think having an experienced guy, if you've got to you know, move things up and you don't have a lot of practice time – uh, in Irving, I think that's that's a, that's a good get. Eight eight games started at left tackle for the Chiefs last year, and yeah, he can play a couple different spots. I think he's played some center too. So you know, having a guy as on your backup line that pretty much play anywhere and has played a lot of football, I think that's good. Yeah, that's that's what we needed. And, and like you said, uh, Rob, before this before the draft, that swing tackle was something that we were eyeballing, and now we get it with that veteran with a veteran guy that has obviously championship pedigree and winning the Super Bowl in Kansas City. And so it's going to be interesting. I believe the depth at the offensive line. You know that we're going these guys are going to be fighting it out, especially at the center and guard uh, position. Uh, but with the new CBA, uh, I do believe that the Cowboys are going to be able to carry eight uh, offensive linemen on this the, the on the on the roster is that correct I believe they're required to to carry eight is what I think it is and and you have 
your your five starters that everybody kind of goes for and knows about, and then you've also got the, those backup potentials. Whenever you talk about uh, right. whoever loses the the Connor McGovern, Connor Williams, and Joe Looney battle, and then you also have. I think you look at the the contract for Cam Irving here, and I think it, it shows that he's expected to be on the roster. He's expected yeah. to be that swing tackle. And you, yeah. you need a guy like that because Tyron Smith missed three games in 2019. He's missed games in the past couple of years. And then right. on the other side, you've got Lyle Collins who missed a game last year. And I, I know he's been probably the, the most significant part of that offensive line, maybe outside right. of uh, Zach Martin, but he's going to miss some games at the same time. Yeah, so Cam's going to be active for he sure. He should be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, two and a, two and a half million dollars. You're playing. So, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be you're probably going to be playing quite a bit. Now, that kind of leads us into though the on the other side of the football, the defensive line. Alden Smith apparently meeting with Roger Goodell. Now, this isn't confirmed, but Stephen Jones did mention it on Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio yesterday, and or excuse me, earlier this week. And I see. The, the positives of Alden Smith meeting with, with Roger Goodell, but is there any way that this could be a negative, Rob, in terms of the, the hope for reinstatement for both Smith and then also Randy Gregory? No, I, I don't think so, Con. I think that's just part of the process. Um, okay. Guys trying to get back in the league, uh, and from the Cowboys' experience with Randy, it, it's been a face-to-face meeting with Roger, and then there's a time frame for when Roger gets back to the Cowboys and, and the NFL makes his decision. So, you know, you hope it's some it's a it's a window that, that they get a decision before training camp, whenever that starts. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's just part of the process, and uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they don't have a feeling either way. Uh, but I think obviously there's hope if they went out and signed Alden Smith that that there's a possibility. You know, Jay Glazer's a, a well-respected reporter around the league that has been working out with Alden Smith, and I, and maybe that's something in, in Commissioner Goodell's you know, uh, looking into the case or his situation, uh, yeah. he'll take that into account because that that's everything we've heard has been very positive about his recovery. Yeah, I think this is just a status check. You know, Roger mm-hmm. Goodell wants to get eyes on exactly the individual that, he, you know, you hear so much about. Uh, you, you've heard about all the negative, but, you know, he wants to give this young man opportunity uh, to sit down and say, hey, let me see what your character is right now. You know, I'm not just going to throw you back out there. Um, you know, I just want to evaluate it face to face without any hearsay as to where you're at right now and make my own judgment. And then we'll reconvene and see um, if you're ready to touch the field again and represent this uh, this shield. Just a straight formality is, is really what it is, as uh, you you got to have to go through that process. you got to get in front of the commissioner and hope everything works out. Because if Smith and Gregory are reinstated, all of a sudden that right defensive Ooh. end spot isn't as much of a hole as it is uh, uh, maybe even a surplus of guys with now the, the fifth-round draft pick and Bradley and I also being added into the mix. But that wasn't the only thing that, that Stephen Jones talked to Mike Florio about over the weekend. And I'm interested to see what Isaiah has to say about this one uh, as a former quarterback and also as a former player in the league in general. And then also Rob as an insider and Heckma as our Swiss Army knife. Uh, I want to see what you guys think about what Stephen Jones said on Florio or with Florio about Dak Prescott and the contract negotiations. Now, he made it abundantly clear. They still want to pay Dak Prescott, and they want to get a deal done. They're not going to rescind that franchise tag. However, he did come out and say that, uh, I mean, it, it, it's kind of what we all know. It's the fact of if you put too much money in one position, especially your quarterback, it really hinders the rest of your roster. What kind of 
angle is this taking in terms of your negotiations? Because the Joneses have been known to negotiate in public. What does this do and what is this insight into how the negotiations are going right now? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it's a loaded question. It is definitely a loaded question. And I can tell you right now, Dak Prescott is watching Jerry Maguire talking about show me the money. So uh, <laughs> right now, they need to pay this dude. I mean, they, they need to pay him. And you're not you're not helping yourself now or in the future. Um, you know, they're not going to rescind the offer. Okay, nobody really rescinds a franchise tag offer to a franchise quarterback. It doesn't happen. So making that statement does nothing for anybody, right? So mm-hmm. he's going to play underneath that franchise tag most likely. But, you know, you're, you – you paid your you paid your receiver twenty million a year, right? Like, you, you paid your receiver twenty million a year, so you're not willing to to at, at this point in time not willing to double that up and pay the man who gets him the ball, right? You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to fathom, and and I think that Steven right now in, in camp have really they they threw it on his shoulders. They they're, 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 they they kind of threw him under the bus a little bit because they know what what Cowboys fans want, right? Cowboys fans want a championship. That is number one. Right, it's the most highly touted, uh, you know, um, team in the league, um, in the world, and they know that the pressures from everybody else is going to affect his ability to make sound decisions, possibly, right? If he doesn't have the right camp, so put it on his shoulders, saying, "Hey, you know, you know, the, 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 the analytics show that if you pay your quarterback too much, then your team's success rate goes down." Man, that's that's BS. That's BS. We're not in that world. We're not Tom Brady. Nobody's Tom Brady. The only reason why, you know, obviously Tom Brady has has. Just, just change everything, right? He's the curveball, right? He's yeah. taking less money for a number of years Six. to ensure that yeah. they have that they have yeah. a you know Super Bowl championship team. So that's different, you know. These cats are young, you know. They've seen a lot of ownership in the past, not treat players so well, right? Um, so you have to go out. You get one opportunity really in your career to get that big boy contract and get that guaranteed money. And I really think that's what it comes down to is what's those guarantees numbers looking like? We haven't heard anything. We don't know anything for sure, but I can almost assure you that. It's all about the guaranteed money. Yeah, you know, when I, we've been talking about how the reports say it could be the length of the deal is the biggest holdup, but I'm with Isaiah. I wonder if it's more still about dollars and trying to figure that out based on, you know, because Steven's talking about, honestly, what Steven said to me is, is no different than what he said the past couple of years about yes. other contracts they've tried to get <laughs> yeah. done. I mean, yes. you know, talking about dividing the pie and trying to create a, a a deep enough roster top to bottom to be successful. I, I honestly, I, I've said this before, I think both sides are right. You know, Steven's right. Like in, in the in this today's NFL, the parity, you got to be able to have a, a deep roster that can be fielded 1 to 55, 1 to 53, whatever it is now. And so what how do you how do you navigate that with these top players that you have? At the same time, Dak Prescott is He's a player, and he's trying to get as much money as he can and maximize his earning potential while he can, especially given Mm -hmm. the first four years of his career at at his position, what he was making. So you can't fault him for that, but you also can't fault the Cowboys for trying to figure it out, uh, you know, what's what's the best way to divide it all up. Um, But ultimately, I don't don't really sweat it. I, I, I feel like we've gone down this road with DeMarcus and Zeke. And ultimately, it always gets done. So we'll see. But I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't sweat it too much, Heck. No, you know what? I, I actually watched the entire uh, interview, and I didn't take anything from what when he made the comment about analytics. Uh, that didn't seem like verbal sparring to me through the media mm-hmm. uh, for Stephen Jones. I just felt as though he was, he was. 
you know, basically stating a truth that all 32 teams uh, are dealing with. But they, I mean, it wouldn't matter to Green Bay if they went to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers making the most money. They, they want to shatter that statistic anyway, analytics or not. Dak Prescott is homegrown. He's our quarterback. If you've been a Cowboy fan long enough to see the go through those years of having really horrible or borderline quarterbacks, we got our guy. I mean, he's our guy that we that the Joneses benched Tony Romo for. You know, so I don't see this as a point of saying, okay, sign this or else. I didn't take it like that. One way or another, Dak Prescott is going to come into this season two ways. Either he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL or he's going to be amongst the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL with the franchise tag. Either way, he's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. And so, I mean, I think that the NFL and I think that the Cowboys do a really great job of owning the offseason to keep our name in your mouth. Everybody's talking about Dak Prescott in this contract, except for Dak and his representatives. And so I find it very interesting because we don't know what's on the table and we keep speculating about it. But at the same time, no matter if it's the years, if it's the money, all of it benefits the Cowboys in the end. Well, and I, I, I think oh, go for it. No, I was going to say, I don't disagree with you, Heck, and I, and I, and I, I totally agree with you, uh, Rob, as well, that, you know, this is, you know, that he made some good points. The analytics, he's not wrong, you know, and, you know, obviously Dak has his time span. He wants to do things in, but I take offense to it as a, as a player because as the leader of this organization, right, which is we can all, we can all rest, rest assured that he's the leader of this organization now in terms as a player, you, you did other deals before me, right? It was like you, like you made these other deals happen, and now – I'm sitting back and I'm being asked, right, to, to take less than what I really want simply because, oh, there's not enough money and now we have to save money, right? Where was the, where were these save money conversations yeah. when, when right. getting paid? Where were these save money conversations when, when you know, when Coop was getting, getting paid? So, like, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not the conversation, it's the timing of the conversation, right? These conversations mm-hmm. are happening after the money has already been handed out to these other cats yeah. that, who, who are very valuable players, but guess what? These guys really don't do much unless I'm taking care of my business. Right. Exactly. So that's where the issue lies. Right. And I'm and I, I'm again, we're all assuming. Right. But if it was me, I would be up and up and up in the air a little bit in terms of, you know, me being the last guy to get paid now, out. And now all of a sudden now we got a budget. Now, Isaiah, I want to play devil's advocate here. You, you, you're talking about adding these other players and, and putting money elsewhere. You, you put the, the, the money into Amari Cooper. You put your draft stock into t- to taking C.D. Lamb in the first round rather than maybe going with Caleb on Chase on and an edge rusher. You went with these different moves. Could you use that as, hey, we're giving you weapons. These are gifts for you to be successful because we think that, hey, if you've got this around you, you're a Super Bowl contending quarterback. That's what we're doing for you. Now it's time to maybe give back here. What, what are your thoughts around that? Because it seems like, at least over the course of the offseason, they've done their job in terms of protecting Dak and giving him yeah. plenty of weapons in order to try and be successful. And you know what? And I, and I, I appreciate and I value your point. But then it again comes back to timing, right? Yeah. Who, did they, who, did they, who did they just sign at his position? That's true. Right? Andy now, Dalton, no, nobody, yeah. nobody, Nobody's seeing him as a threat. And I don't see him mm-hmm. as a threat either. But guess what? He is a what if. Right? What if this doesn't go the way that we want it to? What if you don't get your way? Right? What if you throw a fit and you don't want to sign this tender? Guess what? We got somebody that can step in and do your no. job. No, you know no, no, saying? stop. No, 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 no wait. I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it, might, it's, it may not be the way, it might not happen that way, but in worst case scenario, they can do that. 
Right. That's not, I mean, to me, even drawing that scenario isn't realistic because the Cowboys have groomed Dak to this point. And you don't get, you don't groom a quarterback and get to the time that you have to sign this guy and throw him to the wolves. This is the time that we know, look, we've owned the offseason, all of this speculation. Really, guys? July the 15th is where we got to wait on all this, right? Because if nothing happens in between now and July 15th, then we can hit the panic button. Then we can start talking about disrespect. But all of this is just speculative. I mean, look, and here's the thing. Dak went from being a fourth-round guy to now being the face of a franchise, a marketing a name that's out there. I mean, the advertising dollars are coming in. All of that has nothing to do with the contract that the Cowboys are going to get him, give him. But at the same time, every throw that Dak makes this season is going to be under the microscope. If he bet on himself last year, he's going to have to bet on himself again. He's going to have to. There's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on him to uh, to succeed. All right, and and that microscope is going to be hot and right under him. Every quarterback that he has on the schedule, I mean, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, um, also Matt Ryan, Big Ben Roethlisberger, all of these guys are his contemporaries. These are guys that he that have made more money than him, and he's wanting to make more money than them. He gets an opportunity to go out and show it, just like everybody else did. And I don't think Dak Prescott wants to bet on himself again. I don't think he wants to go into another contract year, whether it's on the franchise tag or, or whatever. He wants the, the, the long-term deal, which is why ultimately I sit on the side of the fence that I think it's going to get done. A lot of people forget that with the NFL draft, and all of the production and all of the the work that goes into getting and leading up into a draft, it takes away time from the contract negotiations and things like that. And I think that was one of the cases. And then also the the terribly tragic passing of his brother kind of put a hold on oh, it gosh. after the draft. You, you're not going to see those those conversations as you would normally expect because of the mourning and the the sadness around that and you got to give him as much time as he needs you got to give him a ton of time that's something that nobody really wants to bring up because it was it was tragic and it was sad but it also just puts a little bit of a hold there you've got till july 15th like you said heckman there's plenty of time to get this done but i was asked on we were asked on twitter as a as a group yes or no do you think the long-term deal gets done with dak prescott we'll start with you heckman Okay, it's ask me again. I'm sorry. I was thinking to ask Rob. Does he think he's worth the money? (laughs) Well, yeah. If you want to go with that, Rob, (laughs) do I think he's worth the money? Yeah. Rob, you think you sound like okay? There it is. No, I I think he's earned a new contract, and I think the Cowboys. uh, Kyle, you just said something that you got to you got to point this out. I mean, I think he did bet on himself last year. I think they tried to get something done, and, and he decided he wanted to he wanted to play it out. And I think he, he, he did. I think he was right. I mean, he, he made the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl and, and uh, had a good season to try to keep maximizing his earning potential. But I, I, the Cowboys have been trying to get this done. I mean, it's, it's – I, I think maybe that was part of Stephen's point is it's not that they're trying to, to delay this. I think you want to try to get this done. If anything, I think trying to get him done first would have been easier because then you could have slotted things around the biggest deal on your roster first. Um, but but Isaiah, I'm with Isaiah. I mean, I think he's earned he's earned a new contract. And but again, I don't I don't sweat it. To answer your question, Kyle, yes, I think it gets done by July mm-hmm. 15th. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, yes Kyle. It, it gets done before July 15th. No way they go into two a days uh, with this looming or the season with this contract looming. It has mm-hmm. to get done. 
And yes, I again with with my, with my brothers over there. Yes, it gets done. Um, but again, I to to your point, Rob, timing. You know, timing, timing, mm-hmm. timing. And yeah. and and there there was a there was a there's always a better way that something could have been done. And I feel like this should have been. They could have really communicated to him. You know, the, the importance of him in this organization by making sure that this deal got done first, right? And then all the other parts coming. But him as the leader of this team, I'm the last guy. You know, if we're playing dodgeball, you know what I'm saying? You pick me last. You know, we're playing pick-up ball, you pick me last. You're telling me that I'm your guy, but you're taking care of me last, right? Everybody else is getting paid up. D linemen are getting paid. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Secondary is getting paid. You know, oh, I see. Come on, man. Who's paid. I'm just saying, hey, I'm there. But you're, but now you're trying to talk to me about budgets, you know. This analytics, analytics. Yes, it gets done. But I, like again, and, and he'll be happy, right? And nobody will talk about this anymore. But there was a better way that this could have been handled, and and the conversations aren't that complicated that it couldn't have been done a long time ago. Everything sends a message. Everything does. I'm, I'm still on the, the side of saying that it's less about budgets and more about years and length of deal and things of that sort of wanting to have Dak under contract for five years and have his rights for five years rather than four. But uh, it, w- until we know what the negotiations are like, it's kind of tough to speculate either way. Now, one of those weapons around Dak Prescott could be in for a position change, or at least we're going to talk about it in one of those new segments we've got for you. It's called Talking X's and O's. We're going to debut it next when we come back on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. Where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's 
the final segment here of Talking Cowboys here on this cloudy Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and the great Heckma Harrison here for Talking Cowboys. Before we get into this final segment, I want to remind you about main event and their virtual birthdays. This season, celebrating the Cowboys' 60th birthdays, and we all know that you have birthdays to celebrate as well. So our partners at Main Event are going to help. They have the new platform called Birthday With Me. It's been a staple on the show really since quarantine started. And to celebrate at home on Instagram, Every day at 2 p.m., you can go on and get cakes, candles, happy birthday, song, of course, everything you need for your virtual birthday. So follow Main Event on Instagram. Tune into their live story at 2 o'clock Central Time each day to celebrate. Now, we just talked about some of the Dak Prescott negotiations and what that could mean and some of the, the public negotiations that may have been had with Stephen Jones and Mike Florio. But we can talk about all the off-field stuff all off-season long. I want to talk about football because I'm a football guy and I want to talk about the X's and O's. So we're going to start a new segment and this will be, I don't know if this is a weekly thing. We might switch it in and out throughout the course of the the off season, but we're talking X's and O's. I'm going to ask all of our, our great analysts. You've got the insider in Rob Phillips. You've got a Super Bowl champion in Isaiah and Stanback. Switch, and then Swiss Army Knife over here. Swiss Army Knife, Heckma Harrison, who played, <laughs> by the way, college ball as well. So we've, we've, got, we've got every angle covered here, and we can talk about everything we can from X's to O's all the way through. And our first question actually comes from a fan on Twitter, and he said, could the Cowboys use Tony Pollard as their Tavon Austin slash fourth wide receiver backup role in addition to his duties as a backup running back and Rob we'll start with you I hope so I'd love to see that I mean I think use him on punt returns and then also use him in different ways out of the backfield I don't know if he would be your full-time fourth receiver but but yes I mean I think his his skill set allows for that a guy that can line up in different spots line up in the same backfield as Zeke and, and, and help in different ways. The way they used him last year was interesting. It was more so, you know, when they had a lead and, and they kind of yeah. salted away games with him in the fourth quarter. But, but, yes, I think he could be more involved as a receiver. Isaiah? Yeah, I think he could be more involved as well. I don't see him being a full-time, just like Rob said. But, I, I mean, I could definitely see him coming out the backfield or even just lining up and doing some, some two-man concepts and him kind of just pulling some of that underneath coverage. I don't really foresee him going downfield too much. But him working on linebackers, I think he could do that all day, all day long. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a package guy. You know, you're going to have the Tony Pollard uh, packages. Before we uh, drafted C.D. Lamb, I think we Mm -hmm. talked about that a few episodes ago, about him actually being maybe that guy that to replace uh, Cobb is that third receiver in certain packages. Now with C.D. Lamb, most of those yards are gone. And Ezekiel is going to need that bona fide backup to give you that thunder and lightning. And Tony Pollard showed you that he has the capacity to take on that load as well. So, I mean, I'm excited for a young player like him. And hopefully, you know, the, the Cowboys have those different packages to keep him involved, but also keeping him involved in special teams, just keeping that rhythm going with Tony Pollard, I think is going to be important. You want to get it's the an ball? Interesting question. Sorry, Kyle. No, go for it, Rob. Uh, it's just an interesting question, though, because you get past those top three receivers, and it's like it's a lot of young guys trying to get those mm-hmm. maybe last two or three spots. You know? Oh it's, yeah. It's John Bay Johnson who was on IR last year. It's it's Devin Smith. It's uh, I'm trying to uh, 
Cedric Wilson. So, you yeah. know, so so you know it's you know there's opportunity I think for for Tony maybe help in that area. Well, and you look at some of the stats that he's had over his career. Now, last year was a little bit different. He didn't necessarily – I don't think he was utilized as well as he could have been in the, the passing game. 15 receptions, 107 yards. However, you go back to what he did in Memphis, he had at least 29 receptions each of his three years as a starter, and he had at yeah. almost uh, almost or over 300 yards each season, and he averaged over 10 yards per catch. So I think you could absolutely use a guy like that and just get the ball in his hands. That's kind of what I was going to talk about with Heckma. You want to get your playmaker the ball, and he's one of those guys who is so lightning quick and so shifty that he could be a playmaker when need be. Yeah, that's, you know, like you, you you hit the nail on the head when you talk about what he did at Memphis. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, they had a running back. They had a guy that's full-time running back. And Pollard, even though he was a running back, handled most of the receiving uh, duties uh, for, for the running back. So I see yeah. him being able to have it already, that skill set there. But uh, Isaiah alluded to it. Just him in those little small spaces uh, up against a, a, a linebacker. I mean, that's a good night, Irene. You know that Tony Pollard is going to win that battle every time. And so, you know, the Cowboys have a good problem. Uh, but once C.D. Lamb came into the equation, man, those yard that yardage yeah. just shrank. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to contest to. It's just that how often do we really, you know, I hate this because there's so much talent on every NFL team, right? I mean, I mean, you're, if you're in the league, you, you can ball. Right. And what happens is guys like Pollard get buried and, you know, they get mm-hmm. they get buried. They get buried on rosters and they don't get the tick that they need. They don't get the tick that they need in order to develop into the players that they that they should be. And I, I think this is possibly another one of those scenarios. Right. I mean, you got those three receivers. Those guys aren't coming off the field. Right. You got you got Gallup, Coop and, and CD. They're not coming off the field. You got draw one at, at, you know, at tight end. He's not coming off the field. You know, and then you got Zeke. He's going to get his touches. So how many touches are you, do you honestly see Pollard getting? Even if you go into a, a yeah. five, a five, you know, a five out, you know, set, you know, we yeah. know what he's doing. He's running underneath routes. You know, if he comes in the mm-hmm. game, you know, as a running back, is he really toting the ball that much? Nah, yeah. you know, because we bring Zeke back in. So as a defense, you know that he's going to be limited in terms of what they're going to allow for him to do. So mm-hmm. you know, it kind of cuts down his productivity. So I, I like the kid. I like. I think he's. I think he's dope. Um, but again, you know, you got some other dudes that you that you're paying that have to touch the field. If there's one hope I have for 2020, and there's plenty of hopes that I have for that offense because there's a lot of high expectations around it, but one of those hopes is I don't want Tony Pollard to get lost in the shuffle. I really don't. I I know you have those weapons like Isaiah just rattled off. All of those guys are going to get their chance. I just want Tony Pollard to make sure he gets his chance too because he didn't get an opportunity last year, I don't think, to really show what he had. And whenever he did have an opportunity, whether it was a small one or late in games, he showed out. And I think that's something you should at least reward and and try and fit into what should be an explosive offense because I think he can add that to the table. Now switching to the other side uh, of the football, who are your starting corners? Of course, the Cowboys go out and take – a second round selection in Trayvon Diggs. They add Reggie Robinson in the fourth round. You add that already to the, the Cheeto Awuzie. You add that to the Jordan Lewis, the Anthony Browns of the world. Who is your starting corner, or your three starting corners right now, thinking about if you're in the shoes of Mike Nolan, Rob? Well, it depends to me on what they do with Cheeto. You know, if he stays mm-hmm. at corner, I, I see him as a starter, especially. I, I lean towards experience early, given the state of this yeah. offseason. You know, yeah. I think I think Kevin Cheeto and having you know maybe Anthony Brown too as starters might make sense early. But I 
you know, I think I could see Trayvon Diggs as a starter down the stretch or playing starter caliber snaps down the stretch, just like those young corners did three years ago. Jordan Lewis, mm-hmm. Cheeto, those guys. Those guys it kind of became their secondary as the year went on. And uh, But I think Isaiah has spoken to this. It's hard for a corner to step in right away, you know, and, and play starter snaps. And they do have experience ahead of him. So I, I would lean on that early at least. I'm surprised no. that you said that Diggs is not an instant starter, honestly. Is he not maybe the best corner on the team right now? Well, I mean, he's going to have to go out and earn it. And and mm. they're in a situation right now where there's not on-field reps for him to take. So That's a great I'm, point. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of factoring that in this year into how quickly can a rookie be ready to play NFL football if things continue the way they are. Uh, obviously, we're counting on having a training camp, or at least, you know, I think the league is very hopeful of that of some yep. point. But but I got to factor that in when I talk about, you know, what, what a rookie can do right away. No, nah, Rob. He's he Trayvon Diggs is a day one starter for the Cowboys, man. You might as well pencil him in right now. He's NFL ready. Uh every and it's everybody else after that, you know. So I mean Trayvon Diggs, I'm gonna just Trayvon Diggs, Lewis Awuzie, in my bet, you know, Brown is gonna be your, you know, third cornerback. That's that's just my belief. Uh I think you just circle Trayvon and just say, Hey, he's our starting guy right now, and everybody else is fighting it out on the other side. Yeah, I don't think you guys can forget about the veteran that we picked up uh, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Uh, Daryl Worley, yeah. Yeah, Daryl. I mean, I think I think you, you brought him in to do just that, right? You brought him in um, because he is a vet. You brought him in because he's lanky, yeah. because he's feisty. He's going he's gonna to be the representative of what you're trying to enact on that side of the ball. So I think that he starts. I think that, yeah, that I believe that, that Diggs starts as well. I think those two guys are in there. Um, and then, you know, you got Brown possibly in, in the slot. I think Woody yeah. is going to be back there to safety. I don't. I don't see him playing corner too much more. I think mm-hmm. you're going to throw him back there. Um, so I think you got those guys really competing, and then Robinson is going to come along too, depending on how fast he develops in, in training camp. Yeah. And I kind of. I, I think I. I wrote about this uh, a week or two ago, talking about the shift of thinking in terms of Mike Nolan and the corners and wanting to go longer. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a combination of Daryl Worley, Trayvon Diggs and maybe even Maurice Kennedy in there as well. You talk about experience, Rob, and wanting a guy with experience. I think those three guys could start. And and the fact that Daryl Worley has started the majority of his games in his four years in the NFL kind of leans to the fact of maybe throwing him into this conversation a little bit more seriously. But I I think that's a great point that you made about the fact that without this offseason, Without these rookie training camps, at least in person, and then all of these different lead-in events, it's going to be tough for a rookie to step in and start immediately. So last question here before we wrap things up for the day. Biggest hole to fill for the Dallas Cowboys still? You've addressed the interior offensive line. You attest the backup uh, swing tackle. You've you've added, hopefully, something at right defensive end. Are any of those still the main concern when it comes to the Cowboys in 2020? Heckma, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the contingency plans at the edge, we want to know what Roger Goodell thinks about, you know, Smith and, and uh, Gregory. Um, safety. I, I'm still, I still think that there are question marks at the strong safety position. Uh, I, I believe Xavier Woods is, you know, the incumbent that we're just going to right now. But there still may, may be an opportunity uh, to find some other guys in free agency uh, or after cuts, final cuts are made. So I don't think that, you know, I, I wouldn't say the biggest hole, but I think that that's just another position that you still have to be looking at upgrading. 
Yeah, Isaiah? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with depth at at um, outside linebacker and and at tight end. Uh, those are those are those are two areas mm-hmm. that I'm gonna go with. I think that we have pretty much all the other spots. Pretty much, you know, we have we have a lot of depth. Yeah, yeah, you did it. continuing to fi- uh, find depth at offensive line. Um, they have depth at D line. I don't see a problem there. We're gonna get one of those ends, right? And, you know, Smith or you know, hopefully you know, whoever. You know, we're gonna get one of those guys back. You know, mm-hmm. They're not gonna. He's not gonna not allow both of them back in the league. They might, we hope back. they might come four <laughs> games after after the season starts. But <laughs> but, but one of those guys be in there. So I'm not worried about that anymore. But I am concerned about our depth at linebacker. You know, I think I think if Sean Lee gets hurt or or you know or the Wolf or Jalen, one of those guys get hurt. It's like who's stepping in that can fulfill yeah. it the way that they those guys work, right? I know we have a solid three, but if one of those three big three get knocked out, then you're then you're sitting up there stressing. Joe Thomas place. right in the middle of the mix right there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, so that that and tight end, those those are my picks. Mm. I got to totally echo what Isaiah just said. I was thinking linebacker, and because you know Van Der Esch, we'll see what what. He's able to do as the offseason goes on. If he's going to be ready for for training camp, uh, and then yeah, tight end. You know, I, to me it wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't rule out the fact they could have drafted a tight end, even though they yeah. got Blake Jarwin. Just because you know, I, I think not having Jason Witten, I think that that does leave a hole there. That's a guy that can block. He's an experienced player there. Uh, Blake Bell signing him, I think that gives them some experience. Uh, but I think that's that's a spot to watch. Uh, and see how those guys develop. Because, you know, look, Jarwin's not used to playing as many snaps as he's probably going to play this year. I mean, he's usually playing about 25 snaps a game, and now you're asking him to play Witten's role. Uh, that's that's a big difference now this year. Absolutely. And I, I think Blake Bell adds a little bit to that backup tight end spot because he's a better blocker, and I think he's somebody who's still an ascending player, much like Blake Jarwin. I think both Blakes have an opportunity to be an ascending player in the early parts of their career. You've got Dalton Schultz back there. I, I agree with Isaiah on the linebacking core, though. I think the fact that you need maybe one more guy in the mix there to go along with uh, the uncertainty of that position with Leighton Van Der Esch's health, the age of Sean Lee, and then also even the health and, and just playmaking ability of Jalen Smith. I think all of those kind of question marks add to the fact that you need another linebacker, but that's my opinion on that overall. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys. It's been a fun Tuesday morning as well. Hope everybody's staying safe out there and continuing to look forward to the fall. We'll be back next week. So for Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips and Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long here on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?